solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is hump day, so thanks for sending uh, – I'm sorry, thanks for choosing your hump day with the Locked On Texans team, and thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked On Texans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's also an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. And I'm loving what we have for today's show. Cody Davis, of course, is my co-host. I'm Justin, sports guy Hickman. We will be joined by Aaron Wilson of Sports Radio uh, 790. Cody, you know, a lot of interesting things going on with this Houston Texas team. I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to you, get the folks to run down. Let's talk Texans. Well, look, as you mentioned, we got our friend, our guy, our brother, Mr. Aaron Wilson from Sports Talk 790, who's going to be a part of the show today. And look, we have a lot of stuff to talk about from the Whitney Merciless side of things, from the Andre Roberts side side of things. And of course, whether or not the Houston Texans are done making moves. Now, with that being said, John, at the end of the day, regardless of everything that is going on, this is still an organization that's still got to get through the 2021 season. And at one in five, we have seen teams in the past correct their mistakes, correct their issues that was ha- that they was having early on. And they ended up ending the season on a positive note, i.e. the Miami Dolphins. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they started off the season like two and six last year. And then they ended up, I don't think it was two and six. I think it was more so like one and five or somewhere along those lines. But anyways, they ended up, they ended the season with, a winning record. I believe it was like 10 and six or somewhere along those lines. I can't remember, but long story short, just last year, we saw a team that it appears that there was no hope for that organization moving forward. They was in, they had an opportunity to fix their mistakes and actually end off their season on a high note. When I take a look at the Houston Texans, regardless how you feel about this organization, like I mentioned, they still got to get through the season. And John, do you see any type of way the Texans can actually right the ship and at least get back to the competitive nature that they were, let's say, those first six quarters of the season, especially when Tyrod Taylor was under center? Well, I want—I can't wait to answer that question, but I want to look at what Christian Kersey, the linebacker for the Houston Texans, mentioned. Uh, his quote was, losing one in a row, losing five in a row, a loss is a loss. But that's the beauty of the NFL. You've always got another game, another opportunity to go out there and show what you're capable of doing. It wouldn't be a 17-game season if you just say, hey, we've got five losses, and that's the end of the world. You always got a chance to be better. Kersey also said the Texans are taking a deeper look at themselves and attempting to <clears throat> excuse me, in attempting to ascertain what their identity is and how to reach those levels. Continue by saying our mindset is basically, like I said, looking ourselves in the mirror and seeing what's our identity, who we want to be. We've got to play good football. And right now we're not playing good football. So, you know, I I think that is the basis of what this conversation is going to be about. 
how can Houston turn it around? And what is actually a good ending point for Houston, who's now at one and five? And number one, I think I want to hit on what Kirksey said to answer your question. Find that identity. And I think that's been Houston's problem since day one of you had the identity that you wanted to go with and be a, uh, be a part of. And that was we want to play uh, a tough physical football and run the ball. Well, playing tough and physical football, I'm not sure if we can and cannot say that that's not what they're doing, although I don't think it is, and being a good run team. That's not what they're doing. They're not, that's not who they are right now. And so I think it's fair to take a step back and say, well, the identity that we wanted to create when we started the season, during the offseason, the things that we worked on tirelessly, that's not who we are. And it's time to throw that out the window. And I think that's the biggest thing that Houston can do when the game is over. I'm sorry, when the season is over with, we reach 17 games. You know, they need to set and establish an identity for next year. And it starts now. Every week, you know, we can look at the record for Houston. And Houston record, in this case, doesn't matter because they're not actually going to be a playoff contended team. So every week for this team, they have a personal reset where they can start 0-0 again and work on things differently like it's the start of the season. And I think when I analyze what this team can do to turn the season around, that's just for everybody to get on one accord and play good football, which is what they haven't been doing, whether it's been penalties, whether it's been lack of communication on the defensive side of the ball, or whether it's been missing assignments as a running back picking up blitz or missing assignments uh, as an offensive lineman not going to the second level during the zone run whatever the case may be, or, or tight ends not putting a hand on anybody. You know, whatever it is, by the time 17 games have come and gone and now this team is ready to prepare for the draft, create and establish what the future can be right now. That's the only way this season is going to be turned around. Because if not, then we're going to look at next season as the same issue. And then that, that, that problem may linger as well, right? And I like these words from Christian Kirksey, who, by the way, you know why these words are important? Because he hasn't been here, right? The, the, he's not one of those Texans that's been here during the Bill O'Brien era. Uh, he's new. This is his first year with this franchise. And so he's coming into a situation where, okay, we have to create something. And what some guys may be used to, that may be lingering around this organization. I think it is. I've, I've made those claims several times on the show and on Twitter. But we got to get rid of that. We got to get out of that mindset of what we wanted to do at the start of the season. That's what we're going to continue to do because it's not working. We got to play good football and, and establish ourselves in some type of way. I like that it's coming from a newer player. We've heard from Brandon Cooks. We've heard from some of the guys that's been here before. But hearing from players like Mark Ingram and hearing from players like Christian Kirksey, who are newcomers, that's important to this franchise because you're getting a fresh voice from new players and new faces. It's a fresh voice. I agree with everything that you just said, but I don't see a situation where the Houston Texans turn this season around because a lot of those guys that you just mentioned, Christian Kirksey, Mark Ingram, all of those guys are on one-year contracts. And I'm pretty sure they are not going to be a part of this organization next year, which means 
whatever identity, whatever culture that they set inside the locker room just to get through this season, it's not going to matter because a lot of these guys are not going to be here moving into the 2022 season. So, you know, it is what it is at this point. I'm hoping for the best for this team, but I would say that's that may be accurate for Mark Ingram, but I think it's a little bit unfair to say because I think the relationship between Zach Cunningham and Houston is all almost over, right? I can see a scenario where he will not finish the season as a Houston Texan, or the, the relationship would maybe be getting benched or his snaps going down or whatever. I don't think he comes back next year. And I think the play of Christian Kirksey, I think Lovey Smith will be around for at least a couple more years. I don't think Houston can afford to let him go. Right. Unless you go out and actively draft a linebacker to, you know, fill that position. But, you know, okay, prioritize what you really need. And right now, if you can keep a player like Kirksey in house because of his play, then you do that. I think he returns back to Houston next season. That's just my own thought. Nobody else making me think that. And so it's good to come from him because, hey, listen, whether or not he's around next year or not, Houston still has 11 more games. <laughs> and they got to be played on the field. Okay? And so yeah, I, I, it really depends on, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, it really depends on what you think turning the season around is. I like what Kirksey said. Find that identity. Find what you want to be on this football team. How, what type of football team you want to be. And I also like the fact that, you know, it doesn't take a lot for Houston to turn their season around because they're not a team before the season that we thought, like a Tennessee Titan who had a big win against the Buffalo Bills. I thought they were a team that needed to turn their season around, and they beat a, a premier team. We're not one of those teams. Houston was a team that everybody expected to be in this position. Hell, some folks didn't even think we was going to get a win for the season. So to turn the season around, I think we'll get an, another couple of games under their belt and really found out, find out rather who you have on this roster, what you have in this coaching staff, and make real evaluations, just not because of connections, but because of the players that you have on this franchise, I'm sorry, on this roster. Turn it around by simply winning one or two more games and establishing something for the future. I'm your boy, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, and you're sad about the Texans, but let me get you happy about saving some money with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside right now. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Good Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Once again, just download the app for free. And use promo codes TOUCHDOWN for NFL, BASEBALL for MLB, or HOCKEY for NHL. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for sticking around to the Locked On Texans podcast. And thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. As promised, guess who's back? Aaron Wilson. Super excited to have him back on the show. You know, he's one of the hardest working men in Houston media and media period in the NFL. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Hey, Aaron, let's jump right into it. As you broke the news, uh, Monday was a very busy day for the Houston Texans as they released both 
um, Whitney Merciless and Andre Roberts. You know, we're going to touch on the Andre Roberts stuff a little bit later, but um, for what you are able to share, what actually went on that got the Texans and Whitney Merc Merciless to come into a mutual decision about his release? Right. The decision was engineered by the Texans, but he agreed with it. So when you say mm. mutual, he was fine with it because he wants to go play for a Super Bowl contender. The Kansas City Chiefs are among the teams that he has strong mutual interest in playing for. But yeah, mutual, professional, yes, a parting of the ways. And Whitney, you know, always did and said all the right things and did again in this as you, know, you would expect. He was classy to the end and always will be. And he'll always be a part of the Houston community. I had a chance to talk with him about his legacy here in Houston. But yeah, to answer your question, the really you have a different agenda when you're looking at they're on a youth movement. As Whitney said, they're rebuilding. He makes a lot of money. He's going to make $10.5 million here this year regardless. They had already restructured his contract, which has been you know, widely criticized, the four-year, $54 million deal that Bill O'Brien had Chris Olson, the former Texans negotiator, now with the Falcons, execute a couple of years ago. So when you look at that contract, you know, it's outsized considering his production. And he definitely, you know, he kind of hit the wall last year, had some difficulties, got COVID, wasn't a very effective pass rusher or run stopper. He still has a knack to get to the football, to find the quarterback. He has the moves. You know, he has three sacks. He also got blocked on the 83-yard run. There's no one thing that makes a decision like that. It's a combination of things. So you're looking at performance, age, the money, and the most important factor, <clears throat> the emergence of John Grenard as a very dangerous pass rusher who I think is becoming a building block of their present and future. So he's got four sacks, a very high percentage of rushes to sacks. And you look at Whitney and it's just not the same. And as he said, you know, I noticed my reps going down. I saw my playing time. I could kind of feel where this was going. And he was not surprised. He said it was not a shocker. And in talking with him today, it seemed like he was really at peace with what had happened. And now he's just, you know, resetting, and he's also still doing community events. Uh, today, a remodeled kitchen presented at Lamar Fleming Middle School, uh, joined by board members Chester Pitts and Mario Ellie and school officials uh, to help special needs kids with a cooking program, a life skills program as well. So, yeah, you know, I think with Whitney, it's just one of those things this is going to happen and there will be others. As, as you mentioned, you know, Andre Roberts, he was also cut and they made those releases official today after informing the players yesterday. And there's going to be some other roster moves, bigger ones uh, than Connor Shacken being signed to the practice squad. I uh, was a linebacker, but yeah, they will <clears throat> continue to reshape the roster. And I would say in essence, free agency has already started for the Texans. They're going to get a jump start on things. And they will look for opportunities to be aggressive, Nick Casario and the personnel department, to try to reshape the roster. And they're going to have a roster move that will become official, I believe. The player will arrive tonight, and then 
sign his contract probably in person tomorrow morning, but they will add uh, center off of another team's practice squad. So they're looking for a, a draft pick, good football player, someone that they think they can develop. And I don't think it has anything to do with just, oh, we're going to plug him in, he's going to play because of Justin Britt. No, it's about development. So look for that trend in their roster moves, guys, as they go forward about playing younger guys. And that could affect the quarterback position as well and their stance on Davis Mills versus Tyrod Taylor, despite what David Cully said. You know, Tyrod is not healthy enough to play, so it's a decision they don't really have to make right now anyway. It'll be interesting. Once he's actually healthy, what do they do? And they're now 1-5 on a five-game losing streak. It's not like Davis played badly against the Colts. He made a couple of bad throws, but he played like a rookie. And, you know, he had an outstanding game against New England. That's very encouraging. Shows what he's capable of. But he didn't sustain it. And you know, he lost his patience, I believe, in terms of the checkdowns. And then he finally forced a throw. They baited him into the interception. When you think about where they are right now as a football team, you know, there's not a lot of hope as far as becoming a winner. They are playing the Arizona Cardinals this week. They are heavy underdog. J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins playing against their old team. And then the following week, Halloween week, Los Angeles Rams and Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford. And That's going to be real scary. Yeah, rough game. So when is the next victory is what I'm wondering. Is it against the Miami Dolphins? Perhaps it is. I should, actually, I spoke too soon because that's the week of the um, – that's Halloween week, right? October – who are they playing on the 31st? Uh, my, yeah, my Miami's later. No, my bad. My bad. I have the schedule in front of me. They play the Rams after they play Arizona. Who's the week after that? The week uh, after that, I think Dolphins. it is Miami. But they do have the Rams for Halloween, so that will okay. be a scary game. Rams for Halloween, okay. But then they play Miami Dolphins after the trade deadline. So – that's where it is, guys. Yeah, this is a, a tough situation. But, yeah, Whitney Merciless says goodbye. And you know what? You kind of hinted at it. <clears throat> Excuse me, hinted at it. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit more in depth, if you can, you know, about the roster moves and personnel decisions and moves moving forward before the trade deadline that Houston, you know, may look at. Well, there's no sacred cows. Anyone pretty much – can be available for the right price. As Ozzie Newsom, the Ravens general manager, is now retired or sort of retired, used to say, right player, right price. And for the right price, all of these guys can be had. But is it that talented a roster? And I will tell you this, I don't believe Larry Tunsil obviously will be traded. He's injured. Very difficult contract to trade. I think that Zach Cunningham is tough to trade and get very good value now that you've demoted him and have made it public that you disciplined him, that he was punished for the Cleveland game. So, you know, word is out. People make calls. People know. And it was already kind of known, you know, that Zach was having an issue with lateness. So, and he's being outplayed by Kamen Gruger Hill. So then you have what other targets besides the obvious, Deshaun Watson, and then Brandon Cooks, who I think is, you know, tradable at least – you know, in my opinion, but then what do you have a wide receiver? You know, you've got almost nothing for this young quarterback to throw to. 
I think that they will not be that active at the trade deadline. I think they'll try to make some moves, but I, I don't anticipate a fire sale here. I really don't. But could more guys get cut? Sure. You could look at cutting guys. You could look at cutting an Eric Murray, but there's acceleration. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. You already have your cap in shape just to cut guys, just to cut guys. So, you know, I think these were the big moves. I just don't see a ton of other ones. Like Kevin Pierre-Lewis, he's on injured reserve. They signed him to a two-year contract. You would take an acceleration hit if you cut him, but you're not activating him. So obviously you don't feel a need for him. Could that change if Zach is out of the question, out of the equation? Yes. But right now that's not the reality. So you got four linebackers and you only have two spots. They play a four-two-five most of the time. And then you're going to ask me about Charles Omenahu and Lonnie Johnson Jr. So Lonnie was benched, as I knew, uh, about you know, uh, actually more than seven days ago. Yeah, about <clears throat> eight days ago that he was benched and that he was replaced by Terrence Brooks. And that's what I was alluding to uh, and reported, you know, shortly before the game. But I, I feel like with Lonnie, what people aren't seeing is mental mistakes. And David Johnson, I mean, so David Cully, he really underscored that, talked about it at a press conference on Monday, talking about touchdowns allowed and reading keys. And he was clearly talking about Lonnie on the second touchdown. First touchdown, that's Terrence Brooks and Justin Reed allowing that score. But, yeah, he's, without naming names, he's making it very obvious who he's talking about. So, yes, I know the fans, they see the interceptions, but there's also mistakes. This episode of Locked On Texans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Friends and family can meet up, free Wi-Fi, and enjoy those famous fries and chicken nuggets. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. If you haven't tried a Bill Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky, very chunky, and hard to choke down. A Bill Bar is soft. Covered in 100% chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know it's something sweet and something different. It's more than an experience, one that you enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a regular old candy bar. Bill bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, high in protein, all healthy benefits, and on top of that, just purely delicious with so many different flavors. Another great thing about Bill Bar there's so many mouth-watering flavors like coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate. Oh, my gosh. A lot of flavors to choose from. This month, Bill Bar is coming out with a new limited-time flavor every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. As always, thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Super excited for the crossover with Bo Brock of the Locked On Cardinals. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. 
Octone Texans fans, viewers, and listeners, make sure you give Aaron Wilson a follow. Aaron Wilson, would you, would you able? <clears throat> excuse me, would you be able to tell our viewers where they can follow you on Twitter and all of your work? I'm on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL, and I'm on Instagram at Aaron Wilson seventy one twenty eight, and I'm online at www.sportstalk790.com. Awesome, awesome. Make sure you give him a follow. He has great work. I love his work. Aaron, I want to piggyback off your uh, keeper statement before we look at Sunday's game and Houston and Nick Serio and his personnel department, along with the coaching staff, really trying to find players that they can bring back for next year. Now, I think it's safe to say that maybe Scotty Phillips and David Johnson don't make that list, but is it finally time do you know anything that maybe Scotty Phillips will eventually start getting some playing snaps at running back coming up soon? There has been no enthusiasm expressed by David Cully to play Scotty Phillips. And, you know, let's be realistic. Scotty did some nice things in the preseason, but he's played in the regular season before. He didn't make that much noise. You know, I think he's okay. You know, he wasn't even as productive as Buddy Howell. And there's this, Dangerous tendency from all of us, whether we're fans or media, you look at, well, this guy's not getting it done. They just got to try this guy. I just want to see him. I, but satisfying our curiosity isn't the way to run a football team. I think we can all agree that if they just run a suggestion box, I, we've all covered the league long enough to realize that, you know, you have to have an independence, a thought process, and a system and yes, mistakes are made, but I just don't feel like, even though I, I like Scotty, I'm just not sure that they're leaving something on the bench that's great. Uh, I'm also not seeing great runs, you know, from other. Ingram is the best back. He's the guy that can move the pile. He gets yards. He runs tough. There aren't a lot of holes to run through. We finally saw a good run from Lindsey, as David Johnson said today at an anti-bullying event. You know, he had a very rough game against the Colts. That blitz pickup whiffed. That was very <laughs> bad for David. He didn't bring up the play, but, you know, he just mentioned the game. That was obviously the most glaring play for mm-hmm. David and also a fumble. So, and, and you know, he's going to be playing, obviously, the Cardinals, his old team, the team he was traded for. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, and he says it's going to feel weird and all of those things. Um, maybe we weren't tough enough. We didn't ask him, like, hey, how does it feel to be the guy that's not having the production, but they're undefeated. I, I talked about their record and where the Texans are, but, you know, I didn't want to, like, you know, be too harsh, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> guys there mostly to talk about fighting bullying, and he was a, a victim, he said, of bullying when he was a kid growing up in Iowa and was there with the mascot. So, yeah, we talked a little bit of football and uh, that kind of thing. But, yeah, when I think about the backfield, no, it's just not dynamic. And it doesn't matter who's in the game. But to me, the best guy they have is Ingram. And that's why he's been to three Pro Bowls. Hmm. If I could just say something, I think the fans wanting to see Scotty Phillips is warranted because the 2009 season, Steve Slade and Ryan Motes, and Chris Brown, none of those guys averaged four yards per carry, and that was one of the worst Houston seasons uh, as a running team that they've ever had. 
in their franchise. And you know who they finally gave playing time to towards the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Aaron Foster. And that worked out well. Go ahead, Cody. <laughs> it's Scotty and Arian. Maybe Both undrafted. They, they do share that. What they don't share is that Arian, I think, is like four inches taller than Scotty and has a, has a running style that I think is, is very hard to stop as a, as a zone guy and great hands. Could have probably been a wide receiver. But, yeah, Scotty, you give up a lot in pass pro because of his size. I think that's what they're not saying is if you put him in, what happens to the quarterback if he has to pass block? It's hmm. I tell you, because if you're going to just run the ball, that's all you can do. You're not He's not much of a receiver. It better be a heck of a trick if you're a one-trick pony. Mm. Um, Aaron, I mean, he, better, he better be Barry Sanders special. Oh, well, you know that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What the, it's what they're not saying, and mm. you know they've shown no confidence in the man. I think there are other backs out there, even on the streets, that you might want to think about. Mm. And other teams do have tryouts and bring in guys, and sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. But you saw the Ravens basically brought in a bunch of guys off the street, and they still are running the ball. Exactly. They have Lamar Jackson but in the offensive line. But that said, you know, they've lost a lot of guys, and they're still running the ball. So it's not just the players. It's the system. It's the coaching. And you guys know because Chris Moore announced it, which is unusual. Most times players don't announce the player-only meeting. Kind of one of those rules about fight club. You don't talk about fight club. You just don't talk about player-only meetings. <laughs> That's why Malik Collins was surprised, I think, to be asked about the player-only meeting on Monday. But, you know, I think that's interesting, guys. What do you think? I mean, a player-only meeting, usually you do that when you're in a crisis. But obviously the player-only meeting didn't change anything. They still lost the game. They lost 31-3. to They've been outscored 71-3 to against Buffalo and Indianapolis on the road, the last two road games. Mm. I mean, it's it, it lets you know that this is an organization that is not going to be good because normally it doesn't matter what's going on. Anytime a team has a player-only meeting, at least for that next game, they're going to come out and be competitive and actually win that game. But it seems like the Houston Texans did the complete opposite. Speaking of moving forward, Aaron, week seven is a game a lot of people had circled on their calendars and and. This Houston Texans team will be going up against a 6-0 Arizona Cardinals. Aaron, do you see any way the Houston Texans can actually turn their season around and at least be the competitive team that we thought we was going to see heading into the season? And you know DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. You had an opportunity to cover both of those guys while they was here in Houston and develop a relationship. Do you think those guys are going to play with a chip on their shoulders when they go up against the Texans? And I say that because, you know, yes, they had a lot of beef with this organization, but especially for J.J. Watt, it seems like his beef was centered more so um, towards Bill O'Brien, and Bill O'Brien isn't here. And, you know, this this organization has went through so many changes, but do you think they're just going to come out and try to destroy the Texans like we all think they will? Right, why not? You know, if you're J.J., uh, I think, you know, he hasn't had a gigantic season, but this is the kind of offensive line that J.J. can play very well against. He's going to try to jump passing lanes. He's going to try to make some plays. And 
JJ Will, he's a very prideful guy. He will want to serve notice that I'm still JJ Watt. And, you know, when you think about a different circumstance, he asked out. He did not want to be here anymore. It's a really important distinction. And they granted his wishes. And so what's happened? He's on the undefeated team, which shows that JJ was pretty smart. He picked a team with a good young quarterback and a coach that he thought would be cool to play for. And, you know, he's contributing. He had an injury in the preseason. And the guy now, you know, you look at you know how he's performed. And, you know, he's made a few plays. Yes, he only has one sack, but he's also forced a fumble. He's got four tackles for losses. He's hit the quarterback nine times. That's pretty good. Texans would take that. And I'm sure the sacks will come. You know, he's playing on a team with Chandler Jones and with Corey Peters and some other good players, and they blitz Buda Baker. They do a lot of things. If you think about DeAndre Hopkins, and, yeah, Bill O'Brien's gone, the man that he had the beef with, the man that traded him. But Cal McNair and the guys that empowered Bill, they're still here. And yes, I do think he will try to prove a point. And I don't think the Texans have anywhere close to a shutdown corner. If he wants to make things happen, he will be able to do it. They're going to have to hit Diop. And that probably means Justin Reed is going to have to bring it to him. You don't get physical with Hopkins. You have no chance. Man, I don't think Houston has a chance to get physical with him or not on Sunday. Thank you guys for checking out the Locked On Texans podcast, viewing us on Twitter. I'm sorry, viewing us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Make sure you give Aaron Wilson a follow. This man is amazing at his job. And I got to tell you, he's always right as well. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. My Thank partner in crime over there on the other side. Cody, where can they find you as well? You can find me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.